Hello, this is Pastor Bob Gray. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast here at Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. I trust the services will be a blessing to you. If I can do anything for you, please let me know. You can find our information on the website at ebclongview.com. Let's go right into the services of Emmanuel Baptist Church. Enjoy God's Word. Go to 1 Kings chapter 3 and verse number 5 and Guys, if I have a little bit more on the platform, just the platform, that would be great. And uh, 1 Kings chapter 3 and verse number 5. How many are ready for Thanksgiving? How many are ready for Thanksgiving? Yes. We need to take a poll. How many of your holiday is Thanksgiving? Is Thanksgiving is your day? That's my day, right? How many of it's Christmas? Okay. How many it's both? All right. Okay. How many it's any time you can eat? Okay. All right. Okay. So 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And uh, we're going to go ahead and pray, and we're going to get started. Heavenly Father, Lord, on this day, we praise you that we have freedom. I uh, am amazed at how much a, in a cocoon that we are here in this United States of America. And Lord, just think about all the problems we have here to some degree. But Lord, we are. We live in a cocoon. It's almost like the, uh, there, there's a dome of protection around this country that even our laws, as much as we sometimes hate some of the laws, Lord, the foundation of our system gives us freedom. Lord, I'm not in fear right now of being arrested while I preach. I'm not in fear of, Lord, just uh, when I leave here having to cross checkpoints to get back home or having somebody follow me or spy on me. And Lord, I live in such a great society. God, help me not to take that freedom for granted to think that I know everything because, God, we need you. My whole desire this morning is to paint a picture of our need for you because, God, at this point, life is too big for us and we need you. Lord, bless us, please. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to read a very familiar story. If you're a student of the Bible to any degree and you understand uh, names in the Bible, famous names in the Bible, and such is the case in 1 Kings chapter 3 and verse number 5. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give thee. And Solomon said, Thou hast showed unto thy servant David, if we could pay attention to these words, my father, great mercy. According as he walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee, and thou hast kept for him this great kindness, that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father, and I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or come in, and thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen, a great people, that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give therefore, and this is the text verse for this morning, give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad, for who is able to judge this thy so great a people and the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing and God said unto him because thou hast asked this thing and hast not asked for thyself long life neither hast asked riches for thyself nor hast asked for the life of thine enemies but hast asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment 
Behold, I have done according to thy words. Lo, I have given thee a wise and an understanding heart, so that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall, be, shall any arise like unto thee. I'm going to preach this morning on wisdom to discern. Wisdom to discern. There were several studies that have been done here recently in 2013, 2007, going back all the way to the early 2000s, that tell us that an adult makes 35, about 35,000 remotely conscious decisions each day. A child makes 3,000 each and every day. It is, it is amazing how that the level of your responsibility and the level of your authority and the level of your management, wherever you're at, the more decisions that you have to make each and every day. There was a sub-study done among these 35,000 decisions that said that in, in, in one day, the average adult makes 226.7 decisions on just food alone. Now my question is, have you always made the right decision on food? So decisions and that ability to discern. The, the story we just read was about Solomon and we're going to leave this story because we need to know where and when did man all of a sudden be put in a position to where he had to exercise his own mind. Where, where was man put in this position to where now all of a sudden he had, he was forced to make a decision. Go to Genesis chapter 2. And I alluded to this several weeks ago, but I think it is very important for us to look at this because if we don't create the need for God, then we'll never go to God. And it's very important that everyone, teenagers, those coming into your senior year and in your junior and your senior year, you, you've got decisions to make. Those of you that are facing decisions in, in your life, and I don't know what decisions lie in this room, but I think that this, this is very timely in our world. But in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 16, where did this whole thing start of man having to decide and make decisions? And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the what, please? Knowledge of good and evil. Look what it says there. Thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely eat. Die. Solomon is having to understand, he understands, I'm entering into a position that's going to require a lot of decisions. Now, my whole point in the sermon is at the very end. So you're going to have to labor with me as I lay a foundation. And, uh, and if you feel like I just need to hurry up and get to the end, just kind of raise your hand. And not now, not now. Ms. Hollifield, put that hand down. And uh, so, so, so we know then, where did man start? Listen, man started having to make decisions on what to do when man had knowledge. The more knowledge man has, the more he has to make a decision. This is why the Lord said in the Garden of Eden, and this is why it was the garden, listen to this, it was the Garden of Eden because man had to make no decisions. God made all the decisions. And God always got it right. I know that's deep. But God always got it right because he's God. So look what happens here. He says, look, if you will eat of every tree, I've given you this freedom, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, don't eat of that. 
because in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. The reason that God said don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is because with knowledge comes responsibility. Once you know the good and the evil, then you have to have the wisdom to discern between these two things. Go to Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 1. This is very interesting when we get to Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 1 that the devil enters in here. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 1, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. There won't be instant death. Thank you. Verse number five. For God, y'all, we'll be okay. We'll be okay. Here we go. For God doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be what, please? Open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Satan was right in the truth that once they ate of the fruit, that their eyes would be open and they would know good and evil. Here's the problem with humanity, and here's the problem all of us have. All of us are in the same boat. We're human. We are trapped in flesh. And then all of a sudden when we step in and we are faced with an awareness, and now we have to make a decision, because Adam and Eve disobeyed God, it threw the rest of us in to where we are constantly having to make decisions between that which is good and that which is evil. Children, listen to this. You better praise God that you've got a godly mom and dad who make those decisions for you on a consistent basis. You better praise God you don't have to make these decisions. And I think a lot of times when teenagers say, well, I want to be my own person, you're not ready to discern between that good. And that's why you need mom and dad to help you discern. And mom and dad, can I tell you something? Praise God that you're in church this morning. Grandparents, praise God you're in church this morning because what you're saying is, I want to know. I want to know how to be the best believer I can be. And here you have in Genesis that knowing good and evil was not the problem. Managing the good and evil was the problem. And this morning, I am simply preaching on this wisdom to discern we have to have the wisdom to discern so here man is i'm gonna we're gonna be going back to first kings in here in just a moment but i'm laying a foundation so here adam and eve they didn't have to make decisions because there was no sin involved god made all the decisions that's what's going to be planted man believed satan and now man eats of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. now he has to make decisions but always know this Nobody sets out to make the decision to destroy. Nobody does. It's, it's very sad when preachers assume that the decisions being made are being made to the detriment. Nobody makes decisions like that. People just get themselves into a situation. All of a sudden, it's like, look, in the heat of the moment, in the now, in the awareness, uh-oh, here I am. What do I do? Would you please look at what Adam and Eve did? Genesis chapter 3, verse 7. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sold what, please? Fig leaves together and made themselves what? 
aprons. In the middle of this decision, Adam and Eve, and I'm trying to paint a picture here because we're headed to some place at the very end. In, in, the, in the middle, this is where it all started. It all started when man had to make a decision, but his decision was in the middle of the immediate awareness, oh no, oh no, I, we're exposed and we're naked and we got to make a decision. So they made a decision, what, to get worse? No, they made a decision to try to fix the situation. They didn't set out. They weren't trying to dishonor the Lord. They were just trying to fix this. So guess what they did? They used their mind with what they saw available, and they said, let's just pick aprons. So they made them aprons and fig leaves they sewed together. The problem was, as you heard me state many a times on this passage, the problem was as soon as they picked the figs from the life-giving source, as soon as they picked these leaves, that their, their wisdom only took them to a seasonal solution. It didn't take them to a permanent, resolved way of living. Listen, our wisdom, we, we, we have to understand, yes, when we go to make a decision, we're not making a decision to our detriment. We're just trying to make a decision. What is the best decision right now? Listen, there is a human way of looking at decisions, and then there is a God way of looking at decisions. Did y'all hear that? There's a human way of looking at decisions, and there's a God way. With this one passage, I want you to put this thought inside your mind as we progress to the end. A decision today without God has a detrimental impact somewhere down the road. A decision made without the wisdom of God has a detrimental impact someplace down the road. That's Genesis. When you start walking through and you start pulling down the Bible, and if you just look up the word wisdom, and I would ask you to do that, not now, but I would ask you to do that, Proverbs 4, 7, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom with all thy getting, get understanding. 1 Corinthians 2, 13, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. 1 Corinthians 3, 19, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. Ephesians 1, 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I love James 1, 5. If any of you lack wisdom, this is what Solomon did, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Remember, a decision made without the wisdom of God at some point has an impact someplace down the line. And when you and I get into a situation, James three fifteen, this wisdom that descendeth that this wisdom that descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. But the wisdom that is from above, listen to this, is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy, and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Adam and Eve were trapped in the flesh. Now make your way back to 1 Kings 3 and let's land the plane. I know you're going to be shocked. It's only 15 minutes. Amen? but she's coming in for a landing. This wisdom, the very first time mankind was ever put in a position to have to make a decision was when disobedience happened. Because of that, you and I are 
always having to make decisions. If I were to take the counseling that I do, it is probably 80%, probably 75% of this. Pastor, I need to make a decision. Would you pray with me about this? And, and, and how do you look at this? And it's very easy to spiritualize a decision by going to a pastor and saying, how do you look at this, rather than going to a pastor and saying, would you pray with me about this? Because look at what it says, if you will. Now we're back to 1 Kings chapter 3. This is our beginning passage. Now remember, Adam and Eve, they used their, their own wisdom in the middle of a situation to make fig leaves, to make aprons, which were seasonal. They didn't last. And so they made a decision of wisdom without, decision without God's wisdom, which had a detrimental effect. And God knew this. So, so here we go. 1 Kings 3, 7. We find here that Solomon is coming to the Lord. Solomon is a rookie king. He's coming off following probably, if not uh, undoubtedly, the greatest king of Israel, and that was David. So here his son is, and now his son realizes that he's in over his head. Let me give you just a couple of things from here, and there are no points this morning. I'm just going to stop in an oasis along the way when we get to the final truth for the need. Why do we need? If you'll notice here, if I could get you, if you are facing a decision, you're like, I need wisdom to discern. The very first thing you do is with yourself, not God. The very first step we take is looking in the mirror of the situation and look who Solomon was. 1 Corinthians 3, 7, and now, oh, 1 Kings 3, 7, and now, O Lord my God, but thou hast made thy servant instead of David my father, I am but a little child. I think the first thing that has to happen if you're facing a decision, I think the first thing you have to do is look at yourself in relation to the wisdom you don't have. You're a child. I'm a child. I am 55 years of age. I'm listening. I'm looking for the offender. <laughs> and guess what? Every time that I step into something that's like, oh my goodness, I have to make a decision. I have to understand I'm a child. I, I, I have never been this way before. What Solomon was trying to tell us was this. I've never grown to this point yet. I've never been to this place yet. I don't know what I'm doing. All of our children are not aware of the world around them. Do we not all agree that our children are not aware of how strong they are? They're not aware of how loud they are at times. They're not aware of how much manners they don't have. How many's ever looked at them while they're out to eat and you say, you're not at the, stop that, you're not at home? Because they're not aware. And there are some times that you and I, I love it, I love it when the parents are looking at the teenagers going, do you, you, you listen to that? They're not aware. So, so this is why you and I must understand that when there is forced upon us a decision that you have to make, some of you are having to make decisions about family and about jobs and about circumstances and about church and about all kinds of things. Understand that even I'm not aware, as you're not aware, of how big do you and i agree that adam and eve were not even aware of how big the consequences were of their decision and solomon knew this and solomon was like i i'm a little child look at it i know not how to go out and come in 
Do you know what he's saying? I don't even know how to get this done. I think when we're facing a situation, it's got to be, I'm a child. I don't, I'm, I don't even know. I don't know how. And then look at verse number 8. And thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen a great people. There, there are going to be times when you are faced with the fact of the bigness of it. Have you ever had a decision and something you felt like, I just got to, and it was so big that you started melting under the bigness of it? I don't know if you've been there, but I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't, this, this is too big. And, and, and when it gets too big, we can either turn to the fig leaf and start pulling leaves off, or we can go to God and say, God, I can't afford, this decision is too big, I can't afford to have a temporary solution that's not going to last. I need to know. And this wisdom now understand, once we come to grips with, I'm a child, I don't know how to come out and go in. I'm not even going to presume I know what to do. And then number three, I, this is bigger than my pay grade. As an assistant pastor, I had the luxury. I had the privilege of sitting in my office down the hallway there, the middle office, and I remember one time I was in my 20s and, and some parents were sitting there and my kids, Deanna, was just little thing. She's just a little thing. I mean, I was holding her coming from clubs. She was just a little thing. And I remember parents asking me about their teenage problems with their teenagers. And I'm like, just a second. And so I'd get up and leave behind the desk. I'd go out and shut the door. I'd go into my dad's office and say, hey, there's parents sitting over there right now. That they just asked me this question, this question, this question. Deanna's only like four and five years old. What do I even tell them? He goes, well, Bobby, you say this and this and this and this. Use this verse, use this verse. And All right, let me write all that down. And I'd go back into the office and I would sit down and say, all right, so take your Bibles and I'm going to let me show you what God's word has to say about this. And, and I would tell them what to do. And they were like, wow, thank you, Brother Bob. Oh, you're fine, you're fine. And walk in. Let me tell you something. I ain't got no idea. That's how we should live with him. No matter. We ain't got no idea. So let's get up out of our life. Let's go to God's throne and say, God, I need your wisdom. And then guess what he'll do? I love this. You know it's God's wisdom. We read there in James. But look at 1 Kings 3, 9. Give therefore thy servant an understanding that, that word understanding is very interesting. You can look it up like I did. The word understanding is a big heart. You know, can you go to Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 13? Would you do that, please? And I think that, that this wisdom, that when God starts giving you wisdom, but I'm going to show you the need for wisdom, Proverbs chapter 18 and look at verse number 13, but here's what starts to happen. Proverbs 18, 13, look at it. He that answereth a matter before he what, please? heareth it. Are you there? Proverbs 18, 13. He that answereth the matter before he heareth it, it is what? Folly and shame unto him. Now, before any of us break out our halo and say, I've never violated that, all of us have violated that because we jump too quick on information that we receive. What did I do? Okay, I did something. Oh, I knocked down the star. We, we jumped too quick. A little house cleaning before the, uh, the ladies who decorated this get on to me. I'll just carry it. How about that? And uh, so, um, so if you, so we jump too quick. 
Go back to 1 Kings, if you will, chapter 3. So what he said was, Lord, give me an understanding heart. Help me as I face things in my world that I face them with the ability to listen to everything and to not comment before I am done. In fact, if you'll go to 1 Kings chapter 3, his very first situation, his very first situation that were brought were these two were these two women, these two harlots that had one child, and, and you can read the story there. But if you'll look, verse number 22, and the other woman said, Nay, but the living is my son, and dead is thy son. And this said, No, but the dead is thy son, and the living is my son. Thus they spake before the king. You know what that means? That Solomon, his first test of this wisdom was this, Am I willing to listen to all of the story? Or will I stop after what the first person says? You know how you know this is God's wisdom? Because in Genesis chapter 3, when God had to deal with fallen man, he said, where art thou? And he let Adam answer fully. And then he asked him a second, and he let him answer fully. And then Eve's name was mentioned, so he went and talked to Eve and let Eve answer fully. And then Satan's, the serpent was mentioned, then he went to the serpent and let the serpent answer fully. He didn't go after Adam first, and he didn't go after Eve first. Guess what God did? He cursed the serpent first. There is something wisdom-oriented that when you are in the middle of a situation that you need God's wisdom to be able to see the entire picture. If Adam and Eve were using God's wisdom, they would have known that now sin has entered the garden. If I take these leaves, they're going to die and then we're going to be back in the same position. Listen, I don't know what situation you're facing, but I know that eight weeks ago when God said, this is what you're going to be preaching today, that I knew back here that you and I, somebody's got to be in a decision right now that you're like, I, I need to make a decision, but please don't make it with man's wisdom in the moment and impartiality of all information. You want God to let you see the entire picture so that you can use God's wisdom to make a decision. Then it comes down to this, why do I need God's wisdom? Why do I need God's wisdom to discern good and bad? My life's okay. The decision I made last week, it hadn't impacted me yet. The the decision I made back over here, everything's going good. When we pick up in 1 Kings chapter number number 3, it's very interesting. Let's look at it in context. When you look at 1 Kings chapter 3, and we started on purpose in verse number 5. And I want you to notice that in verse number 5, that God comes down and what condition was Solomon in? Solomon, in, in verse number five, is, is, is like God came to him and said, hey, ask. And he said, Lord, I, I need your wisdom. But that was not the problem. When you back up and you look at 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 1, look at this. And here's why you need God's wisdom. Look at 1 Kings 3, 1. And Solomon made affinity with Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And took Pharaoh's daughter and brought her into the city of David until he had made an end of building his own house and the house of the Lord and the wall of Jerusalem round about. 
only the people sacrificed in high places because there was no house built in the name of the Lord. And Solomon, look at it, what? Loved the Lord. Please, please notice this. You say, why do I need the wisdom? I love the Lord. Question, is loving the Lord wisdom? No. Loving the Lord is from me to the Lord. Loving the Lord is from me to the Lord. I love the Lord. That's not the issue on the table. Look what also it says about Solomon. Walking in the statutes of David, his father. You say, but pastor, I've got a list of things. I've got a list of how I live. I love the Lord. Is that wisdom? No. But pastor, I live my life to where I've got this, uh, this is how I live, and I walk after the statutes. Pastor, I'm not trying to violate anything in the word, but is that wisdom? No. And I think the thing that needs to be said to believers everywhere is this. Your love for the Lord is not in question. Your integrity in how you walk is not in question. This is from me to the Lord. I love the Lord. I try to walk uprightly to be a good representation of the Lord. But that does not mean that the decisions that you and I make have the wisdom of God. Because before this wisdom came, the very first verse says it all. The word affinity there is a very unique word which simply means this, that he married Pharaoh's daughter for a political alliance. The word affinity means that here he was king and here you had Pharaoh and he needed an alliance. The word affinity the translators could have used any other word, but in, under God's, God's provision, they used the word affinity. What it meant was, is I've got a kingdom, you've got a kingdom, and how about we join forces as a kingdom, so, so I'll tell you what to do. I'll, I'll, I'll just marry your daughter. And once I marry your daughter, then I become your son-in-law, and now our kingdoms are aligned. This is the age-old British empire, the British rule among all the monarchs back then, that they would marry off the siblings and the offsprings to secure an alliance. This is what Solomon did, but he did it without the wisdom of God. We have to be careful when... I or you or anybody who loves the Lord, anybody who knows the book, does not mean that all of our decisions are with the wisdom of God. And please don't mistake because you love God and you're trying to live according to the word that this is all you need to make the right decision. Oh, please know this. There's a wisdom. What was the long-term impact of Solomon's wisdom, excuse me, Solomon's decision without the wisdom of God? If you would, you, can, you and I can travel down the word. Go to 1 Kings 11. 1 Kings chapter 11 and verse 1. Please do not think that a decision made, I love the Lord, I try to walk and honor his word, but if a decision is made without the wisdom of God, it may be okay for the first couple of years of the reign in your life. But I want you to let the words of God echo in our ears this morning. 
1 Kings 11.1. But King Solomon loved many strange women together with the daughter of who, please? Pharaoh. Women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edmonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites. Of the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, ye shall not go into them, neither shall they come in unto you. For surely they will, what? Turn away your heart after their gods. Solomon clave unto these in love. And he had 700 wives and princesses and 300 concubines. And his wives turned away his heart. For it came to pass, when Solomon was old, that his wives turned away his heart. And his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God. In verse 5, and Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Zidonians, and Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. And Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord and went not fully after the Lord as David, his father. Verse 3, go, go back to 1 Kings 3, 3 and let's compare the two, kind of hold your place there. You see, the decision that Solomon made without the wisdom of God, he loved God. But he still made a decision without the wisdom of God. He was trying to walk according to the statutes, but he still made a decision without the wisdom of God. That Solomon, his decision for the sake of expediency, his decision for the sake of solidarity, his decision for the sake of the now, didn't help him in the later. But you're talking about someone that God said, he loves the Lord, he walks after the statutes of God, and I'm here to propose to you today out of the life of Solomon that loving the Lord doesn't mean you have the wisdom of God. And trying to live according to the Bible doesn't mean you have the wisdom of God. You get the wisdom of God when you say, I'm a child. I don't know how to go out or come in. And I don't want to make a decision that I'm going to pay for years from right now. And I don't know what decision I'm making right now that's going to turn my heart away from you. And God, it's here. It's now. I need your wisdom. Can I ask you a question? I know you love the Lord, and I know that you're trying to honor Him. But the decisions, are they based in the wisdom of God? Because what God does is God allows you to see the entire picture, and His wisdom, after you see it, then you can make a decision. Now, to the children sitting here, you have your whole life ahead of you. And you're like, Mom, what are we eating? Here's what you're eating. Mom, what are we doing? Here's what you're doing. What? But all of us adults know that there have been decisions we've made without the wisdom of God that has come back to bite us down here. And I think if you want to see a reason to come to the altar this morning, if you want to see a reason to get on your knee in your heart and say, God, I need you, it's because you don't want to make a decision today that in 11 chapters, and excuse me, in, in eight chapters down the road, it's going to turn your heart away from the Lord. And you won't love the Lord like you love the Lord right now. 
I don't know what's going on, but I can tell you this. A love for the Lord doesn't mean you have wisdom. A walking after the statutes doesn't mean you have wisdom. You have to have a verse number five in your life and a verse number six and seven to where you say, I need your wisdom because this kingdom is too big for me. Solomon's wisdom was put to the test as I end. Musicians, if you'll come. Solomon's wisdom was put to the test with two harlots and a baby. And Solomon's wisdom, he listened to the entire story by both harlots. And now the focus was the child. And Solomon's wisdom was this. The real mother will give up the baby because a real mother doesn't want to see any harm come to the baby. So what I'll do is I'll propose to split the baby in half knowing that the real mama will step up to the plate. That's genius. But where did he get that from? God. God. And I think on this Sunday morning, I think the message for this morning is this. Go get God's wisdom. And what God's wisdom will do for you is it will slow you down to see the big picture. Most of the time, we make a knee-jerk reaction in a pressure situation without taking the time to say, God, God, I need your wisdom. And then what's going to happen is your God will give you wisdom that will save lives, not lose lives. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast of the sermons from Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. We trust that the sermons and God's word was a blessing to you and yours. Please visit us at ebclongview.com. If we can do anything for you, please let us know. Have a great day.